You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the program. Hour one on this Thursday. Dan and the Dan, that's Dan Patrick Show. Got the NFL Combine going on. 76ers win another game. Big showdown. Lakers, Clippers. One team is out of the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. We'll have that for you coming up as well. Phone number 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Operator Tyler standing by. We'll uh, get to a poll question. Got a play of the day, stat of the day. All of that coming up. Peacock, our streaming partner. You can download the app and you can watch this program. Also, we say good morning to iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio and our great affiliates around the country. Going into the NFL offseason, everybody knew there'd be a lot of quarterback talk. There always is. But you got all the rumors here about quarterbacks maybe being available. It's not about the quarterbacks in the draft. It's about the quarterbacks who could be available. Aaron Rodgers could be. Deshaun Watson will be. Russell Wilson could be. Kirk Cousins could be. Jimmy Garoppolo could be, will be. Uh, Carson Wentz could be, will be. Now... A lot of these reports are based on coaches and GMs' interviews at the Combine. And nobody's going to tell you that much. Nobody's going to be that honest with you. Like the Cardinals, are they going to keep Kyler Murray? I assume they will. The Colts, are they going to move on from Carson Wentz? I assume they will. You got uh, Washington's GM, Martin Mayhew, said the team has spoken to every team with a quarterback available. (laughs) Okay. They're announcing they're desperate? I guess. Every, you know, and keep in mind, the Packers early this week said they hadn't received any calls for Aaron Rodgers. Is he available? If he's available and you haven't received any calls, that's interesting. I don't think he's available. Certainly doesn't sound like it, but they haven't received any calls. But, you know, there's going to be a lot of conflicting reports. But, you know, rumors start running rampant. But, you know, let's try to remember as the offseason continues, there's going to be fact and there's going to be fiction. We try to separate the two on this program. By the way, we have a sale going on, clearing out inventory at danpatrick.com. Buy any St. Patrick's Day t-shirt, get a mystery t-shirt for just $10. And who knows, you might get one of our more controversial t-shirts that we're no longer able to sell publicly. It's a mystery t-shirt for $10. Yes, Paulie? Litigation sale? There could be a a cease and desist sale. Could be. Could be. There's, it's a mystery. It's a we mystery. Never, it's like a grab bag. You don't know what you're getting. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. The Packers, uh, Matt LaFleur, got in front of the media yesterday at the Combine. Now, you've got a lot of questions about Aaron Rodgers. But Fritzy came in today and said, uh, I didn't like the way Matt LaFleur came off yesterday at the Combine. That's a nice way you're putting it. No, I yes. said it a little more harsh than that. Yes, you did. So you were giving your impression of Matt LaFleur's press conference yesterday. I want you to go first, and then we'll play Matt LaFleur, at least a portion of his uh, comments from yesterday's combine. Well, I I know we have decisions to make, but, uh, you know, we don't want to ruffle any feathers. We don't want to make him uh, Aaron's. He's very sensitive. He's going through his magical mystery ride of what he wants to do, and we just don't want to, you know, upset him in any way. We have to decide what we want to do, but he has all the time in the world, and let him just kind of figure it out. He knows where to reach us, and when he decides to come back, I don't want to do anything that's going to make him want to retire or go to another team. And that bothered Fritzy. Yes, it did. 
You called him it was, soft. It was kind of soft. It was yeah. kind of like, uh, like Aaron Rodgers holding the whole Packers organization hostage, and that's I found that uncomfortable okay. to listen to. Let's see if it matches what the actual comments were. Here's Matt LaFleur, the Packers head coach. You always want to be respectful because I'm, I know it's a lot to take on. He's got a lot to think about, and certainly I, I'm making sure that I consistently communicate with him. also want to be respectful of, of his time and the process that he has to go through. <laughs> Okay. I, I don't think you're that far off, Todd. How much more time? They like they have decisions to make. There's combines <laughs> going on. There's drafts around the corner. they got to figure out salary caps and who's their quarterback. they got a ba- backup quarterback who's not ready to be the starter just yet. That's a mess, and he's making it messier for no reason. Yeah. Well, he's going through a cleanse. I, I think he just completed a cleanse. You know, a whole 30? Uh, I, I don't know what it was. <laughs> I, I just... I think he had to get rid of alcohol and sugar and, you know, but he had to do like a, you know, a couple of weeks worth of a cleanse. Yes, Paul. I know a little bit about this cleanse. I read about it. I think it was a nine or 10 day cleanse. Okay. And he ate ghee butter in the morning. Yeah. And that's about it. And that will, uh, Mm. that's like a a log flume. It's going to keep, get stuff out of you. Yeah. He also smudged the house with some sage just to get rid of the negative energy. (laughs) Uh, yes, Tom. and he mentioned respect multiple times in that short bite, which it's it disrespectful for the head coach and the executives with the Packers to want Aaron to expect him to make a decision sooner than later so they can figure out their roster, especially in the most important position in all of sports, not to mention the NFL. I mean, it's March 3rd. The draft is a couple of weeks away, right? We got like six weeks, seven weeks away. You know, I guess I guess you got to start. Well, he did say I'm going to give give an answer here soon, but I don't know. Probably next week. But I like just wake me when it's over. When we start to read into things, what you say, what you don't say, how you say it, how you don't say it. You know, hey, they didn't put him in the promotional ad for them playing in London on Abbey Road. Uh, yeah, hey, we mentioned that. Uh, no, we haven't had any trade offers, any phone calls yet. And, and it feels like you can read into it however you want to. You want to make it big, you can. You want to make it small, you can. Uh, a non-factor, non-story, you can do that as well. It feels like Aaron Rodgers is staying. Now, I've been saying all along he was coming back this past year, and then he was gone after that. Maybe he is coming back. He looks at the money he's going to make. I don't know if the Packers... What do you get in return if you try to trade Aaron Rodgers? Can you get enough in return? Do you want to be the GM who traded Aaron Rodgers after an MVP season? Like I, you know, there's so many things that you can drive yourself crazy thinking about. Devontae Adams, what's his future here? Are they able to uh, afford both of them? Are they tied together? If Aaron goes to Denver, does Devontae Adams say, I'm going with you? I don't want to stay here? Drive you crazy. Yes, Eden. Are we ultimately setting ourselves up, though, for just a huge amount of disappointment? All of those storylines that you just mentioned, right? Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are both going to Denver together, and then Russell Wilson is going to go to the Saints. And, you know, we have all of these things, and we think all this stuff is going to happen, and the likelihood of any of it actually happening is, like, next to nothing. Well, we want movement. We want stories. We want content. We hope for that. I mean, every one of these shows that you tune into, whether it's TV or radio, it's all about the possibility. Kyler Murray, where could he end up? I don't know. know, Deshaun Watson, where is he going to? Russell Wilson, where is he going to end up? Are the Eagles set at quarterback here? Are the Giants set at quarterback? 
You can't go in and go, nobody wants to hear a show where you go, you know what? This is what's going to happen, and that means nothing's going to happen. It's going to be boring this offseason. Rodgers stays. Russell Wilson stays. I mean, the only movement will be Deshaun Watson. The question is, where does he go and when can he play? And are there going to be charges against him other than a civil lawsuit? But, uh, you know, Carson Wentz, probably going to move on. Colts will move on for him. So, like, I I don't look at this and go, oh, my gosh. These things are going to happen. Maybe one or two happens, and that'd be a big deal. Like, and, then, and then when none of them happen, we get to do the, oh, what happened? Uh, I thought Russell Wilson was going to the Saints. What happened to that? Hmm? Oh, what happened? I, uh, I thought Aaron Rodgers was going to the Broncos. Wasn't yeah. that the thing? Yeah. Yeah, Dan, didn't you say maybe uh, the Seahawks are privately shopping Russell Wilson? Oh, what happened? to? Uh, I thought Russell was... Uh, Unhappy. I thought, what happened? Yeah. Lamar Jackson getting that contract <laughs> extension. When's it happening? <laughs> Baker Mayfield, maybe oh. not the starter. Next. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I, I, I try not to do that. I try not to troll you. Because if you watch these shows, they're going to tell you about the Dallas Cowboys. Like the Dallas Cowboys will be the top story. Why? Because they're the Dallas Cowboys. You play the hits. If you listen to a top 40 radio station, you're going to hear the same same songs. And that's what this business has become. You play the hits. LeBron. Oh, my God. What? I don't know. You just have to say, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, it's like LeBron. Oh, my God. <clears throat> okay, I'll tune in. Cowboys always. So you start the morning, and you're going to have the same things it feels like every day. It's just different versions of it. Aaron Rodgers, LeBron James, Dallas Cowboys. In, in some kind of order there. And it changes every single day. Like the Clippers play the Lakers. If the Lakers lose, oh my God. What if they win? Yeah, that's not interesting. <laughs> I know. You know. So if you're a member of the media, you're probably going, okay, I need an Aaron Rodgers hook here. What's the hook here? Uh, uh, his coach didn't say anything at the press conference. Well, we'll make it seem like he said something there. LeBron and the Lakers, they play the Clippers. And then... You throw in the Dallas Cowboys just because they're the Dallas Cowboys. You know, Dak Prescott, non-throwing shoulder surgery. Amari Cooper's future. Zeke, like you just, if you do it in a way, then you make it seem like it is front burner stuff. And a lot of it's not. You know, you, you have to get, and working at the mothership, I knew I had to play the hits. It'd be like, hey, uh, Duke, North Carolina basketball. Yankees, Red Sox, baseball. Like it was, it was the same stuff because you play the hits. You know, you get sucked into that vortex. And, and I'm, I try not to be guilty of it. If there's something there, then I tell you about it. But I don't start the show going, how do I work the, the Lakers, the Green Bay Packers, and Dallas Cowboys into the show? And that's how a lot of these shows are programmed. All right. Uh, Tim Legler from the Mothership. We'll talk about the 76ers. They won again last night. Break them up. You know, it's Shaq and Kobe. (laughs) You know, the key to me is not James Harden. And I'll talk about this with Tim Legler. It's it's a couple other players on this team. If, If there's going to be sustainable success, it's not based off James Harden, in my opinion. Tim Kalashaw will join us on loan from around the horn because... I got to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Tim will join us uh, coming up.
You're a hypocrite, Dan. Yeah. I you know. just said, oh, what happened to uh, not trolling us, Dan? Mm-hmm. Hi, tell me about Dak Prescott's shoulder, please. How about Amari Cooper's contract? The, the good shoulder, the bad shoulder, any shoulder. Oh. <laughs> uh, so go to danpatrick.com, by the way, and uh, pick up the T-shirt. It's, uh, it's inventory sale time. And uh, you buy any St. Patrick's Day T-shirt and get a mystery T-shirt. It could be a cease and desist. It could be a, well, I can't even say, I don't think. Um, it could be a Tampa Bay. We're just clearing out inventory. We have no idea what we still have there. But that's why it's called a mystery. Randomly selected Randomly t-shirt. selected. Yes, Paul. Yeah, I was just thinking about it. You said a couple minutes ago that we love change so much and we hate when people stay. Yeah. How do we not see that LeBron was leaving the Cavaliers when he announced he was having a national TV decision? Like, can you imagine he says, what was that, like 11 and a half years ago? He, yeah. he goes to New York, and yeah. people were still saying, pundits and analysts were saying, you know, he may still stay with the Cavs. But can you imagine if he had the announcement, and Jim Gray asked a question, and he goes, I'm taking my talents nowhere whatsoever. I'm staying with the Cavaliers. <laughs> he would have got crit- criticized way worse than he did for going to the Miami, Miami Heat. You would have thought, yes, you're right. But there were so many reports that came out. He's going to the Knicks because he's holding this in Greenwich, Connecticut. He's, he's going to the Knicks. And you had players who were saying he was going to the Knicks. But I, I just looked at that. There's still people. I could find articles two and three days before that they said this is all for nothing. He's staying with the Cavs. He's going to bring people in like Chris Bosh. Yeah. And they had a few other names. Why wouldn't he do it in Cleveland? That should have been the first tell. Yes, you know? <laughs> yes. If you, you hold the, uh, the decision in Cleveland, that would have been a, a great indicator there. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I was told that, that Chris Bosh wasn't even going to fly into Cleveland. Like, he was not going to Cleveland, and LeBron was trying to get guys to go to Cleveland and couldn't do it. And therefore, you know, he, I think he started to realize, how can I be the chosen one, King James, and I can't win any championships? And I think that that really, I think the media drove that because the media was saying, okay, let's see what you got. You're not winning any championships. He went to the finals with that team in Cleveland and realized, I can't compete against these guys. And he did try to get Bosch there. Yes, Marvin. Yeah, I think, you know what's so funny? We were talking about Charles Barkley yesterday. A lot of people are afraid to be Charles Barkley because you see how Shaq and Kenny get on Chuck like when they talk about you know winning championships. Yeah. And Shaq, the first thing that comes out of his mouth is, well, what do you know about winning championships? Yeah, I know. And those guys don't want to be that. And you know everyone said, oh, how, do, how come you don't have any championships? And when he goes and tries to win, you couldn't win by yourself? Please. Yeah, and I think LeBron realized that, that I got to go win championships. I got a couple with, you know, these players who won't go to Cleveland. And, uh, no, you can't be great unless, you you know, you start counting the rings there. I think that, uh, and LeBron certainly knows that and knows that now as far as what is the future. Can he win a championship, another championship in L.A.? We'll talk to Tim Legler about that situation as well because, well, I got to talk about LeBron. And, and we will, and the Dallas Cowboys. And maybe something comes up with the Green Bay Packers as well. I can squeeze all of that in on this program. Uh, we'll take a break. We're back after this and the hypocritical Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app, by searching FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Yes, Paulie. Uh, Tim Legler, our guest who's coming up next. Yes. Former NBA sharpshooter. Yes. 
Um, he shot 52% twice for the season from three, okay. which has to be some of the greatest of all time. But here's a Tim Legler trivia question. Okay. Tim Legler is known as a guy who came off the bench for a bunch of different teams. I think he played like 12 years. Okay. Did Tim Legler start more games or play in more playoff games? Both okay. numbers are a bit low. No offense. Okay. Which means I'm offending you, but I'm saying no offense. So I'm just, I'm, Tim Legler is going to be coming on. Am I, are we offending Tim Legler? Not you. You are. But, you know, he has a very successful career. Okay. So did Tim Legler have more starts or play in more playoff games? Right. I think he's talked about the playoff series against the Bulls, and I think that might be his only playoff series. You're correct. Three playoff games. Okay. He started four out of 310 games for his career. Oh, so he had more starts than playoff games. Did I mention that he led the league in shooting percentage twice? (laughs) Yeah, great. As we bring in Tim Legler from the Mothership. It's quite an introduction there, Tim. I'm going to blame Paulie on that. With I don't know why, (laughs) you know, we got to skew mean-spirited today. But uh, Tim Legler, the former NBA sharpshooter, ESPN NBA analyst. Uh, Thanks for joining us, Tim. It's always my pleasure. I didn't know it was, it's kind of like a boxing match. You know, it was like ding, ding, and then you came charging across the ring at me, going haymakers. You know, let's feel each other out a little bit. Let's dance a little here, you know? Now, that's, see, that's Paulie's mean-spirited. No offense. Do you remember your four starts in your No, in- none of them. None of them. I, don't, I honestly do not remember because, they, they obviously, I came off the bench. They were so infrequent. No, I could not. I have a pretty – a pretty solid memory. I mean, I can go all the way back to high school games and tell you how many points I scored in games and everything else. A lot of my college and NBA career, I do not remember those games. Paulie, give me the uh, four starts of Tim Legler's NBA career. It was all in his final season in the league with Golden State Warriors. He started okay. four games that year. Oh, okay. That makes sense, actually. That makes sense. We had we were really banged up. I remember I went there to play for P.J. Carlissimo last year of my career, and he got fired right around Christmas, and shortly thereafter, I retired from the NBA. So it was a package deal that you and PJ were <laughs> going to leave? Well, well, it didn't help that I was uh, didn't help that I was still in my fourth year, basically, recovering from just blowing my knee up completely uh, with three ligaments torn at the same time at the end of the 95-96 season. I played four more years, and it just – it was too – it never really recovered, and it was a grind, and it wore on me mentally. And then combined with the fact that I went all the way out to San, to San Francisco to play for P.J., and he was gone, I just had an epiphany one day driving to the practice arena. I was done. I couldn't do it anymore. I wasn't enjoying the process of what I was going through physically anymore. It, it was overwhelming me, and it took away from the joy of the game. The most talented teammate you ever played with? Oh, man, physically – Gifted, I would say, Chris Weber in his prime in Washington. And I played with, I don't even know how many Hall of Famers. I'd have to go and look at all the teams I played on, the number of guys. I mean, I played with Tom Chambers, Kevin Johnson, Dan Marley in Phoenix. I played with uh, Jamal Mashburn in Dallas, Jimmy Jackson. I played with Latrell Sprewell, Chris Mullen, Tim Hardaway in Golden State. I played with Weber, Juwan Howard, um, at the top of the list, probably my, my time in Washington. Weber was the most physically gifted player. Um, unfortunately with us, he just had a hard time staying healthy. I wonder what Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf would be like in today's NBA. He, you know, we, we talk about Kyrie's handle. The best handle I had seen previously might have been his. Mahmoud was so quick. That crossover, 
you know, he was Chris Jackson in college when he played with Shaq, but Mahmoud was, uh, he was, he was quick, man. And he was Chris Jackson with me when he was a rookie, when I was in Denver. And I never saw a player stop on a dime, shoot the ball with, with that quick of a release in my life. And you could talk about some of the great ones to do it for a smaller guard. I never saw a guy get off the ground quicker and get the ball out of his hand uh, than, than Chris Jackson. Yeah. He, he was absolutely unbelievable. I'm wondering about John ja Morant, Tim, that, you know, is this sustainable attacking the rim at that size? Now, I know that he's developed a little bit more of an outside uh, game. You know, Derrick Rose never developed that. Um, but you start to attack, can you continue to attack at that size or lack thereof with John ja Morant? That's a good point. It's fair. He's 175 pounds, probably. He, you know, every time he goes down, I think people hold their breath. The one thing I will say about John ja Morant, um, he's not just always trying to overpower you by dunking on you. He's got he can he's got uh, incredible ability to finish with either hand. He's got great body control. He gets around guys. He's got scoops, floaters, runners with either hand at the rim. So he's starting to do a better job of manipulating his body, so he doesn't take that full flat on contact into his chest. Because when you're 175 and you come in from that height with that amount of speed, when you take off, any contact could send you flying. He's doing a better job of avoiding the big hits at the rim. Dan, he actually reminds me of three guys um, in kind of one body. He, he's got the relentlessness of an AI. That's kind of what he reminds me of in that way. He's got the body control and finishing ability with either hand of a Kyrie Irving. And then he's got this explosive athletic ability of a Russell Westbrook. It's like all in one body. Um, and, you know, he's, he's right now is the most entertaining player in the league. Yeah, I'm there with you on it. I just, I, I get worried that when you're young, you know, Dwayne Wade did this. Like you just start sure. to attack. Michael Jordan did this. You would just attack, you attack, you attack. And then eventually you have to have a little more well-rounded game. And, and, and if he develops that jump shot, three-point shot now you know you you got to pick and choose it's like Giannis if Giannis starts to nail those three-pointers I mean it's over you got to decide yeah. am I going to guard you on the perimeter or I'm going to back away I'm going to you know then you're going to get to the hoop on me but I think that's what I'm curious about with John Morant he's fun but I I hope it's sustainable yeah I think the one thing um he also has going for him if you watch him on a nightly basis he's he's got a, an ability to make shots from that six to 10 foot range with, with these push shots he's mastered. So again, he has other things to go to where it just doesn't have to be finished at the rim. He can release the ball before that. The other thing he's got going for him, let's be honest, it's not the same era. You're not getting laid out like you were before. I mean, guys are not coming over with the intent of doing damage when you turn the corner on somebody and you're, and you're the help defender you know, it used to be you'd hit somebody in the chest when they were up in the air. You didn't really care about what was about to happen. And it, there was no replay, no flagrant, nobody was getting tossed. <laughs> you just got up, you checked your filling, you lined your spine, you put cotton balls in your nose and stopped the bleeding, and you shot your two free throws. Now it's different, man. There's replays from eight angles. Guys are going to lose a lot of money. Everybody's watching. They've created a league that wants to accentuate this raw athletic ability. And so he does also have that going for him. He's born in the right era to play this style. What is Charles Oakley saying when he says that Giannis would have to come off the bench 
in his era? I don't know. You know, listen, man, I've been doing this a long time, Dan. This is my 21st year of being, uh, you know, analyzing the game and, and working in this industry. And I know sometimes I probably sound the same way, like you're just holding on so bad to your era. <laughs> but that's one, of the, that's one of the craziest things I think I've heard anybody from my era say. You know, that's, that's the ultimate get off my yard, you know, <laughs> statement. Because uh, I heard that and I was, I, I actually had to go and, kind of read that a couple times to make sure that I was understanding what he was saying. It's, it's, that's nuts. And I think it, it speaks directly to guys from that era that played in the eighties or nineties, particularly nineties, like my decade and Charles, um, it's, it, you have a difficult time because of the lack of physicality in the game. And we talk about it an awful lot. I think Charles, that's really what he's hung up on there. He's Tim Legler. He's a former NBA player, ESPN NBA analyst. I saw where Kyle Korver is working with Ben Simmons. Now, you're a great shooter. I'm trying to figure out what, where do you start with Ben Simmons? Well, the problem, I think, with Ben Simmons is, look, there's a lot of guys that can go teach you know, proper mechanics and all those things and, and focus on the right things. I mean, there's no question. There's a lot of people qualified to do that. Problem is, how do you change someone's wiring? in their in their brain and i think ben simmons biggest issue is between the ears and i don't know what he has ever done to address that because i really believe and i said this the next morning on the air after that last loss against atlanta that ben simmons needs to spend a good portion of his offseason dealing with a sports psychologist because what i watched was not normal i watched a guy with elite level athletic ability basically um, refused to process obvious scoring opportunities for himself. And it wasn't just that one play that we keep talking about when he turns in the post, he's got a wide open dunk and he passed the ball to Matisse Thibault. It's not just that play. That was the culmination. That was when everybody jumped on because it was so obvious. But if you watch that whole series, I mean, five fourth quarters in a seven game series, your starting point guard does not attempt a field goal. That tells you the guy's going out of his way. Yeah. To, to process obvious scoring opportunities for himself. And that's a lack of confidence. That's a guy that's dealing with something that's interrupting the natural flow of, of what his body wants to do. His muscle memory is shot and it's between the ears. So yeah, mechanics, yes. His elbows out to the side, his wrist looks funky. All of those things. I've seen guys with weird mechanics make shots. It's, he doesn't see what he's supposed to see and have his body react to that. He avoids those situations. And by the way, Dan, Throughout this entire scenario, all this stuff that played out all summer and into the fall, and now he's finally in Brooklyn, guess what? No one has talked about whether he's addressed any of that. So when he shows up on the court in Brooklyn, that little thing, that issue, I was joking, he put it in a carry-on bag and he flew up to Brooklyn. When he got off the plane and got to the hotel and he opened that bag, that little issue was still in there. Mm -hmm. It travels. And it's going to surface again because he hasn't really addressed that. And I think it's a, honestly a psychological issue with his confidence more than his mechanics. Yeah, that's well put. Uh, watching the Sixers last night, I know we want to make them the new Shaq and Kobe here. It feels like that, it, for me, watching the Sixers, that I'm, I'm more curious about Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris and, and what they will contribute when you get to the playoffs, because Harden has this ability to disappear in the playoffs. Uh, we know Embiid has been great. 
But I think if they're going to win a championship, I, I want to know who else is going to help them because I thought the Seth Curry loss was a big loss losing him to Brooklyn. But, I, you know, Maxie, I, I love. He's not afraid. And Tobias Harris still looking for sort of his role there. But those guys are really important to me. Uh, what do you think it hinges on for this team to win a championship? It's such a great point, and this is why I'm constantly butting heads with all my knucklehead friends in Philadelphia that love this team, and you're not even allowed to be <laughs> honest about issues. Because, Dan, the truth is, I think all three key guys for the Sixers have a lot to prove because of moments they've had in the postseason. James Harden, you alluded to it. James Harden has had some of the most head-scratching moments yeah. in a playoff series that were critical, like series-defining moments and he turns into like a different player with his lack of aggressiveness. It's It's been mind-blowing. And that, to me, maybe that's pressure. Joel Embiid did not play well against Toronto when they got bounced the year Toronto won it. He did not play well against Boston the year that they got bounced in the bubble. He's a guy that has a lot to prove. Now, I do think this. He looks like a different guy in terms of his mentality, his conditioning, everything. So I'm not worried about Embiid. But then Doc Rivers be the third guy. He's had more 3-1 series blown leads than any coach in history. So they've got a lot to prove in the postseason. So you're 100% right. Where is the help going to come from? And right now, Maxi, who I was worried about because he looked so good this year and I was so excited about his future, it's like, oh, man, what, you know, what's this guy going to do now? You bring in a guy like James Harden, take the ball out of this kid's hands. He's just a basketball player apparently because he looks completely confident just being an attacker. He's yeah. like, that's fine. No problem. He's got a smile on his face, a bounce in his step, and he is getting better every single night. It doesn't have to be both guys. It's just got to be one of the two, Maxi or Harris. Who is going to be the guy that every night you're getting, you know, on a bad night, you're getting 16. On a good night, you're getting 25. And it's every night. Who is that going to be? It looks like it's going to be Maxi because Tobias Harris has had a very difficult time finding his rhythm because they haven't given him those six, eight isos a game he was getting where he gets into a rhythm. He's not getting that now. He's more of a catch-and-shoot guy, a slasher now, and he seems to be affected by that, whereas Maxie's just like, hey, this is fun. Every time he touches my hands, I can just go attack. I don't have to worry about creating offense for anybody. And he seems like a Jordan Clarkson, Jamal Crawford type of role right now, which is suiting him very well. I'm contractually obligated to ask you about the Lakers. The Lakers play the Clippers coming up tonight. Um, do you hold out hope that they can actually be like, are they a championship caliber team when everybody's healthy or are they just a spoiler? No, I think, I think I'm past that point now with them finally. And I hear what you're saying. I mean, I, I'm the same. I have to talk about them every day. And it's amazing because it's just, it's one flat performance after another. It's a team that looks like to me has no ability to overcome adversity in the moment. Every time a run happens against them, heads drop, shoulders drop, body language stinks, lack of effort getting back on defense after turnover. And then most importantly, when there's a timeout, those guys go over to the bench, take a look at them. They're not speaking to each other. So to me, there's so many issues. And Anthony Davis, as good as he is, this is more than a Band-Aid he's going to provide. He's going to have to be a tourniquet. He's got to come in there, and he's got to solve all of their issues. And I just think – you don't just go from what I've watched all year, regardless of his talent, to all of a sudden now you're a team that's a contender. Here's what I think. They're going to make the play-in because they have LeBron James. He'll make sure they make the play-in, and the team's trying to catch them 
are not good enough. So he'll make the play-in. He could potentially even get them out of the play-in. Maybe they get into the eighth spot or the seventh spot. Well, you know what that means? That means you get Phoenix, Golden State, or Memphis. And I do not think the Lakers are beating any of those three teams in a seven-game series. Paul, do you want to apologize to Legs? Because I thought Legs killed it. Yeah, he crushed this segment. That was by far our best guest segment of the day so far. That was a better performance than his three playoff games that wow. he had. Went back there. Listen, <laughs> listen, I, I don't need the sucking up now, okay? I'm going to go. The first round's over. I'm going to go, you know, cut me, Mick. I'm going to keep fighting. Okay. I'll fight another day. I took some shots right when the fight started. I wasn't ready. I thought it was an exhibition match, you know? <laughs> Like Hulk Hogan and Rocky, you know, hey, let's just have some fun here. Next thing you know, he's getting thrown out of the ring. Okay. That's kind of what it felt like. Mm-hmm. I'll be back, though, and I'll come well-armed. And if you want to come into my dojo and we shoot some hoops here at my man cave, I mean, you're you're more than welcome. The door is always I would open. Absol- I would absolutely love that. I would love that. Nothing nothing better than shooting hoops with you, Dags. I know you've got a pretty good stroke. But- I don't know how often you shoot anymore, but listen, I'll tell you this. I, I just turned 55. When I turned 50, that morning, all I wanted to do was with my kids, my wife. I said, what do you want to do? I said, you know what I want to do? I want to go see how many shots it will take me (laughs) to make 53 pointers. And I went to the gym, and my daughter, who played college basketball, was rebounding for me. And my wife videotaped it. And I went 50 for 54 from the three-point line. Now, I will say this caveat, it was college threes. I don't have... I don't have that deep 25-foot range anymore, man. It's not fair. But they were college threes, but I went 50 of 54 on my 50th birthday. Yeah, good for you. Good for you. Uh, Hey, great to talk to you as always. Thanks for the insights, Tim. We appreciate it. Anytime, Dan. That's Tim Legler, ESPN NBA analyst. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tim Kalashaw, he's got sources because he's a journalist. Dallas Morning News columnist and, of course, the star of Around the Horn. You want to get in on this um, over-under first quarterback selected at 13 and a half. So, oh, my goodness. Okay, so uh, Paulie has the under. He says that a quarterback will be selected in the first 13 picks, and he has faith in a GM making a mistake. Where do you stand? I mean, yeah, I mean, you think normally – even though there's only a couple that have a shot at the first round, I think uh, somebody somebody's going to convince themselves. Yeah, we know more about you know Kenny Pickett or wh- whoever than than others, and we're, he's our guy. I can't imagine thirteen's a long way to go. Yeah. I take the under. I take the under. Do you uh, did you have a quarterback you fell in love with, and he turned out to be a bust? I was I was I was pretty big. Excuse me. I was pretty big on the Drew Henson bandwagon, and I'm gonna, I'm, I'm going to have to say that 
that how did that, that work out how did that really, work out tim <laughs> that bandwagon lasted for one half of the bears thanksgiving game and and bill parcells uh took the keys out of the ignition and he was never seen again see that's why when you uh, hear you hear about these mock drafts tim and you know they everybody missed on tom brady yes everybody right so and, and that's what yeah, I mean, nobody knows. They, they make so many mistakes at quarterback. You see the guys, I mean, I was a big Josh Rosen guy. Everybody was Gil Brandt, Troy Aikman. They were all big Josh Rosen guys. He's been on, what, four teams now? I mean, he just travels from team to team. Um, it's it's hard. I don't, I don't know why quarterbacks are so hard. Uh, we had people back in my radio days uh, when, the, when Dak Prescott's draft Two or three prominent people saying Dak Prescott is, you know, there's, I wouldn't even take him in the fourth round. And then he did what he did. So it's, it's just, it's just weird. Yeah. And, and I always wonder the degree of difficulty of making it as a quarterback in the NFL, but making it as a cowboy quarterback, because there's so much more that goes along with that territory. And here you have Tony Romo and you have Dak Prescott. These weren't highly thought of quarterbacks. But they did, they did succeed, or they have succeeded. And, you know, being there with Jerry Jones, the pressure of trying to win another Super Bowl, um, you know, that, yeah. that adds to the degree of difficulty. There's no other place uh, in the NFL where you have that. I don't think so. And, and, I, and I think it's, it's not just because it's uh, this massive America's team franchise, but it's exacerbated by the 26 years without an – NFC championship game. It has been a long time since this team has done anything worth really worth mentioning. And so every quarterback, are you going to be the guy? Now Dak's got his contract. Is he going to be the guy? Are they going to do it this year? The opportunity seems to be there, but, but who knows? Yeah. I wonder about that. Uh, if you start to look at the injuries, they pile up and here's Dak with non-throwing shoulder. And I know it's minor yeah. surgery, but it's another surgery. He went forever. He went through Mississippi State with really one minor injury, and he played four years. So he played a long time. He's not one of these guys who played a year or two in college. He played a long time, no injuries, five years in Dallas, no injuries. And then uh, season six, you know, you know, breaks, breaks the ankle, has this shoulder injury in camp, throwing shoulder, has a non-throwing shoulder surgery, now and you're so well my gosh he's 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 brittle he's falling apart right in front of our eyes i mean i don't think that's happening but i think players get a little nervous when when they've gone that long without anything and all of a sudden stuff starts piling up a little bit and we always wonder about this when a quarterback gets paid that means somebody else doesn't get paid and you start to look at the cowboys now i don't know if this is going to cost them amari cooper I don't know. Do you stay with Zeke Elliott? Um, what are some of the moves that you can see for a team that's over the salary cap? Well, the two that are getting talked about and that Stephen Jones sort of addressed, and that I'm writing about for your Sunday paper, which I hope you'll I hope you'll buy. Oh, of course, I have a subscription. Uh, yes. I, yeah, that's why they asked me to send me my column early this morning. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, are Amari Cooper and Demarcus Lawrence. They're the ones that they can get out of the contract 
Amari, they save, I think, $16 million against Cam. But, but these are two of their better players. I know. Why are they talking about doing this at a time when Tom Brady just retired, Aaron Rodgers might be leaving Green Bay, the Rams are going to have all kinds of issues moving forward with their roster. The Cowboys are 12-5. and five. Why are they – they always want to back up the truck. They always want to be cautious now. They did this after Dak and Zeke's rookie year. Oh, we're 13-3. and three. Let's, let's get rid of the entire secondary and start over there. I mean, so I, I don't know. They could get – I think it's foolish to get rid of either one of them. You can move money around with some contracts and, and, and without just, you know, crippling your future. That, but they become this very frugal spending team, not taking risks, and that's not how they – not how they started, not how they won their last championship many, many moons ago. And you start to look at that division. I mean, you just mentioned all the reasons why. It's the Cowboys' turn. It's their time. It should be if you start to handicap the NFC. And, you know, you go back to that home loss, you know, you start the playoffs. I mean, you just wonder if uh... I, I, you know, I think the Eagles are coming, and then if they do things right, they'll they'll be there quickly. They make three picks before the Cowboys make their first pick. If a couple of those guys are playing as rookies, if 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 Hurts and and you know Devontae Smith and some of their offensive players are, are moving forward, I don't know that Dallas is much ahead of them. I don't know about the Commanders and who is going to be their quarterback. They, they, but the, there's some people out there, and if they, I, I still don't know why exactly why Washington's defense went from great the year before to god awful. Yeah. Uh, but I would think with Chase Young back and others back, they could they could pick it back up. But you're right, Dallas has a year here. They're still better than all those teams for at least another year with their roster. Do something with that. Capitalize on that. Don't start worrying about 2024, and and that's what they tend to do. He's Tim Kalashan, Dallas Morning News columnist, ESPN Around the Horn contributor. How much in advance do you get the topics for Around the Horn? You know, those are right off the top of our head, sir. You know, we don't, we're not <laughs> privy to any topics. Um, there might be an email that goes out, uh, and there might be a conference call at 9.30 Central Time on show days that some of the people show up for. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, even I show up for it occasionally. So, yes, and, and we sometimes will say, yeah, we don't like this one as much. We like that one, and things get moved around a little. But in general, uh, uh, the great Aaron Solomon and Josh Bard mostly have that show, with a little help from Tony, have that show laid out when, when we, when we hit, the, hit the floor in the morning. Have you ever gotten legitimately mad or people have gotten legitimately mad at one another on Around the Horn? Well, there was one person who used to get legitimately mad a lot. Oh, Jay Mariotti. I, I didn't say any names. I'm just saying there, there was one person who used to get mad a lot who isn't on the program. Um, you do in a little way. You do, and then you, And then you back off. You go, what am I doing? Like, you know, I didn't get enough points for that so i'm not gonna go down so i have to just sit here instead of talking some more and we're all getting paid the same so you're not gonna get too mad you, you there's occasionally you think you throw out a good line and the host has somebody in his ear and he's not really listening to you it's like tony how did you miss that i'm giving you 
quality Goodfellas lines here, and you're, you're not even paying attention. But for the most part, um, it's a pretty likable, amiable group at this point. But if there was a fight, I could, who's coming out? Who's coming out of the octagon? Who's coming out? Sarah Spain. Ooh. <laughs> I think Sarah Spain might be able to take you. It's, I don't have any doubt about this. <laughs> I am going to be, uh, you know, doing the rope dope there. Um, it's going to be Sarah, and it, uh, it might, the other one might be, uh, might be a surprise. It might be, uh, might be Sedano. How about that? Oh, okay. How about Sedano? Okay. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be me, Woody, or Plasty, or Bob. I think. We're past, not past our prime or anything, just past the fighting stage. No, 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 you're right. You're past your prime. Yeah, no. <laughs> if I was, why would I be the featured Tim on this show? No, Tim no, Legler, the warm-up act. <laughs> he did an hour ago. Who's had a better career, you or Tim Legler? Um, why am I hesitating? <laughs> I'm trying to think of a way. Uh, let's see. He can go out there and make like 98 out of 100 free throws when he wakes up. That's that's impressive. And I know he can do that. Uh, I guess Legler has has just a slight edge. But but, you know, there, there's others that would disagree with that. Keep your head up. OK, I'm going to try. How, how are my Mavericks, by the way, since you guys uh, chipped Christoph Porzingis out of town? Mentioned the good team in town. Uh, Luke has been on fire. Uh, which is not new, but kind of a new level of fire. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. Can they? They haven't won a playoff game, as you may know, since 2011, since they beat the Heat for the title. Most teams don't follow up a championship by not winning a playoff series for 10 years, and they have done that. So there is a bit of an urgency to okay. Can you beat Utah? Can you beat Memphis? Um, and I don't know. They, they have a different kind of team now without, you know, without Porzingis. And they got a lot of point guards. And they're going to run a lot of point guards at you. And they do play defense. They, they play some very good defense in stretches. And that will be interesting to see in the playoffs. Yeah, watching Luka against LeBron the other night. And Luka was inviting LeBron to guard him. He wanted Didn't you watch that game thinking Luca, whatever he wants to, is going to get the Mavericks back under control of this game? Yes. Yeah. Like the Lakers made this run, and okay, they're back in the game. Okay, they got a lead. But you just kind of feel like, okay, Luca is going to do whatever he wants against the Lakers. And LeBron doesn't have the support to be able to do everything he wants to do against anybody. But you, I, I wonder about that. Luca got fat shamed or condition shamed uh, to start yeah. this year. Uh, how did that play lo- locally? And, and I think he's addressed it. That finally addressed it. Yeah, like, I, yeah, you know, I think it kind of helped me. And I think he, I think he, he certainly took it publicly the right way. And and well, privately, he he did get in better shape. But he seemed to acknowledge he wasn't in as good a shape as he should have been uh, at the start of the year after. Olympic stuff and other stuff in the offseason. But, I mean, he's in his best shape now, and he's really – it's really not – I mean, he just – people – I don't think people get that he just turned 23 and how few players do that much. Three all-star games and all the different things he's done 
before turning 23. When are you on Around the Horn again? Uh, Danny, I've done my two shows this week. I did not collect the victory. Uh, did not even make a showdown, I don't believe. Wow. So we're going to regroup over the weekend. Um, I'm eligible for shows Monday and Tuesday. Wednesday, I'm going to, for the first time in 20 years, I'm going to Kansas City for the Big 12 tournament. I'm going to go see a little Big 12 hoops. See some of those fine teams, Baylor and Tech and Kansas, Texas, even TCU beating top 10 teams. So it'll be Monday or Tuesday. All right. Well, you know, I'm always rooting for you. Whenever you're I on. I appreciate the, the text messages after the victories, the flowers. Yeah. They're always welcome. Thank you, Tim. Call me Sauce. Sauce. Sauce Kalashaw. That's Tim Kalashaw, Dallas Morning News columnist, ESPN Around the Horn contributor.